welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. We are continuing our series, Starlight, and today we're going to look at why a follower of Jesus Christ uh, should not have any part with astrology and uh, different things, the divination. Um, next week, I want to let you know that we have an expert coming in. He is a genius. Uh, I do want to let you know I'm doing an interview with him, and uh, I, I use the word genius, and it is correct. Uh, he is a genius, and he's an astronomy teacher and uh, just an incredible guest. You're going to want to hear what he has to share. Uh, his name is Richard Hammer. Uh, he's the lead attorney for the Assemblies of God. He's done some work for us, but again, he teaches astronomy. Uh, he's a diesel mechanic. Uh, he's he's a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant genius guy. And uh, so if you know somebody that is uh, smart and is always uh, pushed away the things of God, I invite you to say, come join me at church. Come join me. Uh, maybe if it's an evening service, pay for their dinner, have them come with you. If it's a morning service, take them out to brunch and uh, bless them in many different ways, all right? But today, no astrology. And I'm going to uh, lump this all together. No Ouija boards, no tarot cards, no fortune telling, no palm readings, no form of divination at all for the believer of Jesus Christ. And I want to let you know that as we've studied this, uh, astronomy, astronomy is good. Astrology, astrology with the L's is bad. All right. So astrology, the L, all right. Think L, hell, I don't know. You know, they could think like, that's bad. All right. So astrology, bad. Um, but just so you're clear, astronomy is the science that studies the, the size, uh, the movement, the composition of celestial bodies, you know, the sun, the moon, the stars. It studies them and it, and it tries to figure out things, but it doesn't try to tell the future. Whereas astrology is a pseudoscience that claims that uh, the stars and other heavenly bodies influence human personality and activity and that the position of those celestial bodies at a given time can foretell the future events in the lives of people, okay? So it's saying where the sun was, where the moon was, where it was when you were born, what uh, form, uh, what part of the zodiac of, of the, uh, what the stars are saying. It's saying that's going to predict what you're going to do, what you're going to be like. That's going to predict your days, all right? And it's bigger than you may realize. Um, a significant percentage of our population believe in, in the underpinnings of what's in the newspaper with the horoscopes. Uh, a significant amount of our population will look at it uh, on a daily basis. It says that 26% uh, of Americans believe in astrology. It's saying that um, less people, again, the Smithsonian study was saying that less people are rejecting horoscopes as not being scientific. Um, Two-thirds uh, of people occasionally look at their horoscope. You don't have to raise your hand. Um, four out of five teens, which is, is, this really troubles me, four out of five teenagers regularly read their horoscope. 
I thought that's just in a world that wants a quick thing. They want something right now. They want something, and they're looking at something that is so counterfeit. And that, of all the stats that I saw, it really concerned me greatly that four out of five teenagers would look at horoscopes. I'm thinking, where are the dads and moms like my parents, okay? I mean, I can remember when I was in elementary school, uh, the teacher was teaching on the signs of the zodiac. You know, here's astrology, and we're going to look, and what sign are you? And I had no clue. I'd never heard this before. And she said, well, what sign are you? And, and I just panicked in the moment. I said, I'm, I'm the sign of the cross. You know, I just didn't know, you know. I was like, the cross, I'm the cross sign. She's like, there is no sign. I was like, yeah, there is. And she's like, no, there isn't. When's your birthday? And so I told her my birthday and she said, oh, you're this? And I was like, no, I think I'm cross, you know. And she's like, no, for the project here, you have to do your astrology. You know, you have to do your, your, your sign and your zodiac. And I said, yeah, I, I don't think I should do that. I said, I think if, if my mom hears about this, there's going to be trouble. I mean, you know, you don't want me to call my mom, okay? Because if my mom comes in, she's not going to go for this. I, I'm the sign of the cross. I said, because if she comes in, like she's a praying, no compromise, all in, you know, spirit-filled woman of God that's going to, she's going to attack you. I mean, you know, don't, don't, you, it could get ugly. You know what I'm saying? And the teacher is like so afraid of my mom. She's like, why don't you do the cross and your sign? All right, do both of them. All right. That was the compromise. I'm just telling you, we have, we have drifted. We've dabbled. We've, we've just taken a look at it. We've been peeking at it. And I'm telling you what, that there's no place for a, a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm praying that today would wake you up. I'm praying that it would cause you to say, that's not for me. It's for me and my house. We're not going to do that. We're not going to be a part of this. And, and if you're not taking it serious, my mom will meet you in the lobby. All right. <laughs> but all kidding aside, this is serious stuff. It really is. Um, it was serious enough for God to give restrictions in the Bible talking about this, saying that we should not look to the stars for guidance. We should not worship them and we should not look for them for strength or any other type of outside guidance other than being inspired at God's greatness. In Deuteronomy chapter 4, I'm going to read a couple of these scriptures for you. In Deuteronomy 4.19, it says, And when you look up to the sky and see the sun, the moon, and the stars, all the heavenly array, do not be enticed into bowing down to them and worshiping things the Lord your God has apportioned to all the nations under heaven. He's saying, God made it. Don't worship it. You say, I'm not worshiping it. But if you're asking it for guidance, if you're asking it for it to be a supernatural thing in your life, it's becoming in the place of God. It's becoming, it's infringing on God's right on your life. Deuteronomy 18, verses 9 through 14. It says, when you enter the land your Lord your God has given you, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. Let no one be found among you who sacrifices their son or daughter in the fire, who practices divination or sorcery, interprets omens, engages in witchcraft, or casts spells, or is a medium of spirits, or who consults the dead. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Because of these same detestable practice, the Lord your God will drive out those nations before you. You must be blameless before the Lord your God. The nations you will dispose uh, that nations you will dispossess, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. He says, when you're going in there, they do this. You're going you're gonna to dispossess them. You're going to kick those people out. But I'm telling you, you're not going to do what they do. You're not going to have any form of divination. You're not going to do that. You're not going to have the tarot cards, the palm reading. You're not going to, reading of the leaves or the different things. You're not going to do that. 
Isaiah 8 is another scripture. Isaiah 8, verses 19 through 20. When someone tells you to consult mediums and spiritists who whisper and mutter, should not a people inquire of their God? Why consult the dead on behalf of the living? Consult God's instruction and the testimony of warning. If anyone does not speak according to this word, they have no light of dawn. And he's saying, don't go to those people that are chirping, that are going there and they're on there. And all I can see right now is the people that are on TV saying, hey, we'll tell you your fortune. We'll do this late night TV. And they're trying to tell you and they're chirping. You'd go to a, a, a popular tourist area in most of America and you'll see people that have palm reading and tarot cards and different things. And, and Isaiah saying, you, no part of that. That's not where you're going to find out what God has for you. It's not the place. In Jeremiah 10, 2. This is what the Lord says. Do not learn the ways of the nations or be terrified by signs in the heavens, though the nations are terrified by them. See, because back in the Bible days, when an eclipse would take place, the people would be terrified. They would say that demons were eating the sun. And here it is in God's word. He's saying, don't be terrified of the things that are happening in the sky. Don't, don't fall prey for the things that the other nations are doing. As a matter of fact, there'll be a, a major solar eclipse, I believe, August 21st. It's interesting, right as we finish this series, there'll be a major solar eclipse. But he's saying not in God's family. It won't have any part in God's family. And it gets very serious in Deuteronomy 17, and I won't read that chapter, but in Deuteronomy 17, it's a capital offense. It's a capital offense for someone to use the stars as guidance for the, someone to go ahead and to say that that's fortune telling or to do spiritism or to do what we would, again, use as tarot cards or palmry. It was a capital offense. And I want to tell you, this was pre-Jesus. Now that we live in a dispensation of grace, God calls everyone to the grace in Jesus Christ. We don't have that death penalty. But pre-Jesus, the people, in order to stay pure, in order to not be corrupt, had the death penalty for that type of behavior. Thank God it's not in place anymore today. But you got to understand, this is how serious that God took it. He's like, this will have no place in the follower of God. Now, some of you might say, but wait a minute. What about the star of Bethlehem? I mean, we got the Christmas story and those guys were following a star. I'll take just a moment for that. The term for magi was used by the ancient Persians and Babylonians and it was used for the wise men. Some of them did do astrology, not all of them, but some of them did do astrology. But I want to let you know that uh, originally astrology started out again as just the study of the stars. And then it was like astronomy became the study of the stars and astrology became getting guidance from the stars. Okay. And so in, in all likelihood, they were more uh, people that were devoted to astronomy than astrology. Okay, you say, well, what about the star? What about the star that was there? Here they are following the star. In Numbers 24, 17, it was prophetic. And everyone was looking for the star that would announce who the savior of the world was. In Numbers 24, 17, it says, I see him, but not now. I behold him, but not near. A star will come out of Jacob. A scepter will rise out of Israel. He will crush the foreheads of Moab. And so from that scripture, they were looking for someone. They were looking for a star. They were wondering what star would be able to point out where the star would come out of Jacob. And in that moment, I believe that the Bethlehem star was a marvelous aberration. I just believe that it was a supernatural thing. Some have said, well, was it a planet or was it this or was it a galaxy or was it a shooting star? What was it? I believe it was a marvelous aberration where God opened the eyes of certain people so they could see where his son was born. 
I believe it was one of those supernatural moments, almost like Elisha, where he's talking to his servant and his servant is like, hey, we are outnumbered. We are outnumbered. And he says, you know, Lord, open his eyes so he can see the supernatural right now and he can see that we're not outnumbered. And Austin, he's like, we are not outnumbered. <laughs> you know, he sees all the angels. I'm telling you what, there are things going on in the world that God can open our eyes and give us a glimpse. And I believe that it, the Bethlehem star was one of those moments where God just supernaturally opened the eyes of people to see something so they could worship his son. Otherwise, how could it get them right to the exact spot where he was? I mean, it, had to, I mean, it wasn't just over the sky. It must have actually come down in a way that was supernatural. And if you disagree with me, I'm not going to fight you over that one. Let's just move on, all right? But that is consistent with the restrictions and with the strong voice of God forbidding people to look to the stars for direction, to look to them, to, to show them what they were supposed to do with their life, to say that they were supposed to live a certain way or to actually to worship the stars, the moon, the sun. So I believe today that when astrology is being used, it's a form of, of divination that it's for, forbidden. Again, I want to be very clear, um, astrology, uh, horoscopes, tarot cards, palm reading, Ouija boards. Again, people think that it's, it's, it's something that's so innocent. I mean, you could buy a Ouija board in a, in a toy store. And I'm telling you what, it's just a form of this. It's, a, it's, it's on that track. And you may say, well, it's a lesser thing. It doesn't matter. It's in the wrong side of the column for a believer in Jesus Christ, for a follower of God. It's an attempt to seek knowledge and guidance is what it is. It's an attempt to seek knowledge and guidance or secrets through other sources other than God. Okay? And, and it happened in the Bible days and it happens today where people will try to seek things. And some people are like, well, man, it seemed like it was kind of close. Or, man, I, I, I'm telling you, that palm reader kind of was pretty close to where I was going. And she said, I'm telling you what, it's a counterfeit. It's a counterfeit. It was in the days of the Bible. It's still around today, and it's a counterfeit. And there's a little bit of substance to it, but it's a counterfeit. And there's a story that I just want to uh, just tell you a little bit about, and you can read later. In Acts chapter 16, the Apostle Paul and Silas are in um, Philippi. And as they're in that town, the Bible tells us that there was a woman that was following them. In Acts 16, it says there was a woman that was uh, possessed, that she would tell people's fortunes and that she was actually owned by someone else in the town. And they made a lot of money off of this girl, fortune telling, using this and being able to do fortune telling, whatever means she used. And she would follow them around the town and she used to taunt Paul and Silas. And she's like, these two are servants of the Most High God. And after a while, there just must have been a moment where the Holy Spirit just welled up in Paul and he turned around. And he's like, in the name of Jesus, come out. And that lady, the demon goes out. She loses her ability to tell the future. The Bible tells us in Acts 16 that her owners were upset about this because they lost money. It's interesting. You hear that saying, follow the money. You know, these guys were like, they lose all their money. They lose the money from the fortune teller girl. And so the guy raises up fake charges against them so that they're thrown in jail, all because they were not allowing a woman to taunt them who was telling people their future. And they're making it very clear that light casts out darkness. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. 
Okay, so this is going on and these, these practices, anything like this is a form of manipulation. It's trying to get God to do what you want him to do. It's trying to look at your future and manipulate the circumstances. And as much as that may fascinate you, God is forbidding us to look and try to glance at the future. Anything he's not revealing is not for us to know. Matter of fact, Deuteronomy 29, 29 says, the secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever that we may follow all the words of this law. He's saying the secret things belong to God, the secret things. And we're all like, I want the secret things. I want the secret things. I want, to, I want the secret things. I'm looking for those secret things. Matter of fact, even when I tell people about supernatural things that happen within our church, other people are like, oh, can they pray for me? I'd like to get a glimpse. And you see what I'm saying? There's just a, a hunger to look forward. It's okay to look forward in God's word and say, God, whatever you want to reveal to me from your word, reveal it to me, bring it to me. I, I want to know everything you can show me from your word. It's okay by the power of the Holy Spirit to have the Holy Spirit download anything into your spirit and lead you into anything that he wants to lead you into. And he will do that. But we are not to look for any other means. Again, John 16, verse 13. But when he, the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is yet to come. That's speaking of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will give you sometimes glimpses into things you need to do for that very next moment, for the day, for maybe a year from now. The Holy Spirit will give you those glimpses, but not horoscopes, not tarot cards, not astrology. We're, we're banned from those things. God reveals, God guides, and we need to seek him. That's what we need to do. God, we seek you and we desire you. And it doesn't matter. Again, I feel the weight of this. It doesn't matter if it's serious belief, curiosity, or amusements. The believer in Jesus Christ needs to have no part in this. They need to have no part of it in this. And, and, and God's just saying, I, I don't want you to do this because it takes you away from me. It starts to get you to, to seek other things rather than the word. I don't think a believer in Jesus Christ can be there like, Lord, Today, I just pray that my life would really align with my horoscope. I just really pray today it lines up, you know. Uh, by the way, you know, I'm a Libra and I just pray it lines, you know. I don't think you can do that. I don't think you can get, Lord, as we just use this Ouija board, we just pray your hand would guide. I mean, uh, seriously? It sounds stupid, but people are doing it. People are dabbling with it. God cannot bless that. God cannot bless that. I feel like God just wants me to pause for just a moment. I'm just telling you, seriously, especially for the teens, if you're messing around with that, if you're messing around with that, I mean, there are just, I don't even want to name the things. I don't want to give them just credibility, but there's things going around on the internet and things that teens are doing and things that they're saying in the mirrors and this and the internet and just all these different, I, I'm telling you what, if you've been dabbling in this, you need to go forward and ask for a prayer at the end of service, get the pastors to pray for you. I don't think it'd be inappropriate for you to even be anointed with oil. Oil is symbolic of the Holy Spirit. That's all it is. And so someone may anoint you and we say, Holy Spirit, seal this person. They turn away from this stuff and they want nothing to do with it. All right? It doesn't work. It doesn't work. I don't want you to expose yourself to it. I want to, I feel, I just got to go here in my sermon to Acts 19. Acts 19. After uh, there was a moment there where the, the Spirit of God, again, won a battle. 
The Holy Spirit shows that he's more powerful, that he is stronger. The Apostle Paul has a moment where the Spirit of God is just stronger and the people are convicted of their evil ways. In Acts 19, verse 18, it says, Many of those who believed now came and openly confessed what they had done. A number who had practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, the total came to 50,000 drachmas. In this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. The Apostle Paul is in Ephesus. The power of God shows that it's more powerful than the counterfeit of this world. In that moment, the people are so convicted that they get rid of all the things that they've been doing, all their books, all their trinkets, all the things that they've been using to dabble into the world, the divination, away from the things of God. Again, these aren't even followers of God yet. They're, they're over in their foreign pagan practices. The Spirit of God shows up. They get convicted. They're followers of Jesus now. And you know what they do? They bring in all their stuff and they burn it. And if you add up 50,000 drachmas, this is about a day's wage, and I use the average wage of $26 an hour, which is the national average for America, that means they burn $10.5 million worth of stuff that day. They're like, we turn from this. We turn from this. We want nothing to do with it. And I'm not going to have a burning thing and all campuses are banned. We're not doing a burning thing. All I need is somebody with an iPhone, you know, River Valley burning books, all right? All right? We don't control the narrative. But let me tell you this, I want you to throw it away. I want you to throw it away. And don't be tempted to sell it at half price books because you can make some money on it. Don't make any money on it. Throw it away. Make a clean break in Jesus' name. Nobody needs to read it. Nobody needs to read it. Some of you can bring it into the church. You, you maybe you, should, you know how much it's worth and you can't throw it away. We'll fill our dumpster full of it, all right? We'll throw it away. Um, some of you need to go and talk to a prayer team member immediately after service. Confess that you've been a part of this. Ask them to pray for you. And then maybe give them your phone number so they can hold you accountable. Again, because what's going to happen when you leave the church, all of a sudden the enemy is going to say, but that's worth a lot of money. I don't think he was meaning that exactly. That's been in your family a long time. You know, I'm going to tell you this. Don't hate your sins and then hold on to them for a later date. Seriously, seriously. Uh, don't put evil on the shelf. Get it out of your house. Don't glance at your horoscope. Turn the page in Jesus' name and say, I'm going to look at the Word of God and let the Spirit of God and the Word of God guide me, not the horoscope in the newspaper. All right? It, it, it's, it's, it's crazy that we do this stuff and we've got to say, God, we renounce this and we get away from it. Now, without getting too technical on this, it doesn't work. Countless peer reviews have shown and shown and shown. It doesn't work. The horoscopes don't work. I mean, it was based on 5,000 observable stars. So when they started with astrology and saying this is what it means and this is how the sun's going through the constellation, they knew there were 5,000 stars. Now we know there are billions upon billions upon billions upon billions. I mean, using astrology is like taking a piece of sand, a grain of sand, and say, speak to me, O sand. <laughs> o grain of sand, speak. I mean, that's dumber than the magic eight ball. You know what I'm saying? That's just dumb. That is dumb. Throw that away too. So my mom's like, get that magic eight ball out of this house. I said, it belonged to my friend. Well, your friend shouldn't have it either. Tell him to come to talk to mom. All right. Anyways. Another thing. I mean, you think about this. The, the earth, I mean, the earth is, is moving. The constellation boundaries are shifting. 
You may not realize this, but the earth is actually wobbling, okay? There's a wobble that's going on because the gravitational pull of the moon, okay, and it's off, it's, it's tilting. It's because the gravitational pull, the, the angle that we were at years ago is different than what it is now. Right now, currently, the sun and the moon go through 22 constellations, not 12. Matter of fact, in the ancients, they divided into 12 equal things. The sun didn't even stay in the same constellation for the same amount of time. It was seven days or 30 days, and yet we use it in a whole month. Do you understand? The earth is wobbly. I mean, the, the gravitational pull of the moon, the equatorial bulge that's going on. I mean, I almost grabbed my gut. You know, the equatorial <laughs> gut. But, okay, the earth because it's spinning, because it's spinning, it's wider at the middle. I mean, think tilt-a-whirl where, where your neck fat goes that way and your belly, that, you know, like, and then you go that way, you know what I'm saying? Think that way. That's what's happening to the earth right now. And it's tilted and it's off. And so the stars are off. And so you're probably not even in the same month that you thought you were. And yet people are saying it's, it's serious and it's scientific. God's word says that it's not for the believer. Science itself is saying this is not science. This shouldn't guide you. This is nothing that should rule and guide your life. Let's get it out of the life of the believer. We're not to look to the stars for direction, but we can look at the stars for inspiration. The heavens declare the glory of the Lord. What is man when I consider the stars and the earth and the moon and, and, and all that you've made? And I wonder, what is man that you're mindful of him? As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, declares the Lord. I mean, you just think about all the different scriptures. We could be inspired. We can look at these and study galaxies and wonder why in the world on this small little planet, in this little galaxy, that God would love us and send his son. But seriously, we can be inspired by looking at them, but we never should look to them. And as I close, I want to tell, us, tell you this. We're not going to look to the stars for uh, direction and insight. Um, we're going to look at them and be inspired by them. And the last thing I'll tell you is I want us to look like the stars. And what do I mean by that? Philippians 2.15 says, So that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky. And I know that some translations say lights in the, in, the, in the world. Lights in the world, stars in the sky. This world is dark and it needs more light. And God's calling for us to, to not look to them for direction, but look at them for inspiration and then look like them to the world. And, and we're talking about the heavens and it's not just the stars. So I would say we should look more like the moon. What does that mean? We should reflect the glory of God. If there's anything good in Rob, it's because the glory of God is shining on Rob. Rob's not a very good guy, but the grace of God changed him, and now the glory of God shines through me. I just reflect the greatness of God. And if I could use this illustration for a little bit more, the moon reflects about 12% of the sun's light. The sun is so glorious and so magnificent, but the moon reflects about 12%. And as I was praying over this, I was just like, Lord, I feel like that's all I do is reflect about 12%. I'm nowhere near who you are. I know the power of God lives in me. Please don't argue. I understand that. But I'm just saying the sinful man that I am, trying to live in grace, trying to reflect the goodness of God, trying to be light in this world, is reflecting about 12%. And I'm just saying, God, let my 12% magnify you and glorify you. Shine on this guy. Let me reflect more and more. It'd be my goal maybe to get to 20%, just to kill the flesh and look more like you. But God, let us all reflect the glory of God. Let's pursue holiness so we shine brighter in this world. They need to see Jesus. 
They need to see Jesus. They need to know the light of God. They need to know the love of God. They need to know the grace of God. And if I can go out in a dark world and shine like a star or radiate the goodness of God like the moon, I say, so be it. God, shine on me so I can reflect your glory and your honor. We don't look to the stars for direction. We look at them and are inspired and we look like them. God, help us to look like the moon, reflect your glory and goodness. So God, I just pray right now that you'd help us to reflect the goodness of God, to reflect the grace of God. May grace shine on us and then bounce off of us to the rest of the world. May you be magnified. Lord, may grace shine on us again and just be reflected to this world so they can know the light of God's love. They can know the truth of God's love. They can be set free from darkness in Jesus' name. We want to shine bright for you, Jesus. We shine bright in Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen.